0: Lesson four of Galatians. So we got Travis helping me out back there. Thank you, Travis. Travis. (laughs) Travis, Travis, (laughs) So Galatians lesson four is our identity in Christ. So so our identity in Christ. And we're going to learn about the old man versus the new man. Okay. There's a lot of things that are being taught that aren't exactly right and you really need to understand the difference of some of these things that are being taught so you'll know how to discern correctly, okay? It It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We, our old man, has been crucified With Christ, that old man, your old spirit that had sin—you know—as part of it—that could not just be removed, you know, washed out. It had the literally, it had to be removed, and you had to receive a new spirit. And that spirit is like Jesus; it's in the fashion of Jesus Christ Himself. Okay, so the old man, if you're born again, is no longer part of your life. The old man does not exist. But what does exist is your flesh. <laughs> so you're not dealing with your old man. What you're dealing with is your flesh. Your flesh is still designing exactly all the things that it's always desired. okay? That is what you're dealing with. And that but the thing is, is we have to understand is that even that God has given us the grace to crucify. Of the flesh, so that we can walk according to Christ. A lot of people teach about, oh, you know, it's the old man versus the, the new man, but the, the old man's gone. That's when, when when God looks at you, he sees some, someone completely new, someone who's been fashioned as Christ. When he sees you, he sees you completely righteous, completely holy, completely perfect in every way because he has made you and fastened you just like Jesus Christ. So that is the new you. Now before, when we were born in this world, we were, we had the seed of Satan, basically, or in sin, in that. And it could not just be washed away. It had to die. <laughs> it had to be crucified with Christ. And nailed and left there. you covered in the blood, and then we were born again. Born anew. So, we're not dealing with our old man. We're dealing with our flesh. So Paul's complaint in Galatians 4, 8-11 4, um, through 11 and then 19. But then, indeed, when, when did you not know God? You serve those which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements, to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months, and seasons, and years. So what's he talking about? He's talking about all the Jewish teachings about, oh, you, you have to observe this day, you have to observe, observe this month, you have to observe this year, you're right, or these seasons, okay? He says, I'm afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Okay, a lot of times we want to add to it. We want like, oh, we have to observe these things, you know, so that, uh, so that we feel closer to God or God will accept us more. But everything has been done by Christ. We have to understand that the whole, the, all of the law was fulfilled by Christ. It ended with Christ being crucified and, and rising again. He fulfilled it all. We have a new covenant that's built on much better pro- promises right? It's not by performance anymore. It's now you become a son and daughter of God, right? A servant in a house is different than a child in the house. We have to see, we have to see this now. We have to be able to picture that we are God's child and that he will not abandon us in any way. And it's not, the servant has to do what it a sort of his things to do to stay in the house if he doesn't he's out but a son stays in the house forever and so that's what has happened to us when we're born again we become his children and we will remain his children and in his house forever not because of what we did but because of Jesus right it's, it matters what Jesus did not what we have done now that we have become children right it's just like you know i uh, uh, had shared last week about the father and the and the and the small t- child and he's got this diaper right and i believe it's it's god's special grace that 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 band is able to go and grab grab hold of that 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 baby he loves and and change that stinky diaper right well how much more will god the father of fathers do for us it doesn't matter how much we mess how much of a stink we make God is following after us and ready to, to clean us up and so that we can, we can go out there and walk again, right? No matter what it is. If we think, you know, that God has put that in a, in a father, a natural father's heart, to be able to do something like that for his son and daughter, then how much more, God? You're his child, and it doesn't matter how much of a mess you make. <laughs> he is ready to clean you up and love you through the whole thing. Doesn't matter how stinky it is. <laughs> right? You know, when someone births a, a son and then doesn't have or daughter and a daughter and they have nothing doing, we're like, that's not right. Right? And the same thing with God. We can't think that God would not ask his son and daughter. He wants to have everything to do in your life. He wants to be at every part of your life if you'll let him. It's the difference between a servant and a son, our daughter. So I'm going to say that over and over again because it really needs to sink down. We need to have that revelation because if we can get away from the understanding that we have have to serve to be accepted and loved, if we can get away from that and know, oh, no matter what I do, God's going to love me because I'm his child. That is huge, right? So uh, number one says, the old man thinks according to, to the religion of the past and seeks to live in it. A lot of times when we fail, we want to go back to what we knew in the past, right? Well, that didn't work, so let me go back. And you know, but we should never go back. We should continue to press forward. We should press forward as a child, as a son, that being led by the Holy Spirit, right? In everything and in every way. So B says fallen from grace, Galatians five and four. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. Can you fall from grace? You can. If you're trying to come to God based on something you have done, then grace is no longer available to you. God will not give to you what you're asking for based on what you've done from your performance. It's only based on what Jesus did. Now, that's a good thing because... We fail a lot, <laughs> but Jesus never will never fail. And because of that, it's available to us all the time, right? So, you know, I use this example that if I go to God and say, well, God, you know, I, I uh, prayed for three hours today. I, I prayed in the Spirit for three hours today, so I should get some special attention now, right? And God's going to say, take your mess out of there. <laughs> you go, change your attitude, and come back, Right? But when I go to him and say, God, I thank you that I'm accepted, that I can come boldly to your throne of grace, because, not because of what I have did, but because of what Jesus did. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price, that you did this for me. And because of you and you alone, that I can come and enjoy. God is my father, that I am a son of God. And you accept me every single time. It doesn't matter what I've done. It matters what Jesus did. So you can fall from grace. So if you think you're going to get anything from God by anything that you've done, then you're in the wrong. You need to adjust your thinking and say it's Christ and Christ alone. So uh, number one says, the old man is drawn to religion and law, right? It wants to, it thinks it has to perform, but we need to get away from that. We need to have different thinking. Uh, Peter's hypocrisy so this is like Galatians 2, 11 through 20 says. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to the, his face because he was to be blamed. For before a certain men came from from James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but when they when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision, and the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite hypocrite <laughs> with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter, before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as a Jew, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as a, as Jews? We, who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith and in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. We have to understand that your works that you do have nothing to do with your standing with God. It has nothing to do with you receiving anything from God. It all has to do with Jesus and Jesus alone. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroy, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, die to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, Jesus. My faith is in Jesus, the Son of God, alone. Right? He was crucified on the cross. But you know what also was up there? All the laws (laughs) that have ever been written were also crucified with him. That law is gone. For us, it's gone. For those who have been born again... You are no longer servants, but children. Number one says, we can't live in grace and law at the same time. It won't work. You will bankrupt grace. Your faith won't work. If you're basing it on anything you've done or the law, you have to say, Jesus, you paid for it. I thank you for it. And so I receive it. It's nothing what I've done. It's only you. It's you, Jesus. It's you. (laughs) It says, uh, A says, I am crucified with Christ. Romans um, 6, 5 through 6 says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly, certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Not in the hereby and by, but now. (laughs) Knowing this, that your old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You have been delivered from sin, okay? You do not have to go continue continue in sin. A lot of times we think we can't help it. But we can. God has given us the grace, his power, and his spirit so that we can get free from those things. We do not have to continue or feel like we're a slave to sin. We can come to the Lord, and he will deliver us, all right? It says, Beast is nevertheless, I live. Colossians 2 13 says, and, ne- and you, being dead in your trespasses and the cer- uncircumcisions of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. All, everything that you have done, are doing, and ever will do has already been forgiven. He paid for it all, all of it. <laughs> Ephesians 2 and 5 says, Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. It was God's provision. We couldn't do anything about it. So God did it for us. And in through Jesus Christ. So Christ, who lives in me, is in C. Romans 8, 10 through 11. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. How does life come to your body? It's through the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Look to him. That same resurrection power that he used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead is available to you. To crucify <laughs> your flesh and give you victory over whatever you might be dealing with, okay. And one thing you know we we're talking earlier about um, the Holy Spirit is the one who is the author and finisher of our faith. He is our teacher. All right. There's things in our lives, that, of course, that need that the others might see need to be uh, dealt with, but you need to know and understand that it's the Holy Spirit who is leading you, guiding you, and teaching you. So a lot, of, a lot of people are like, oh, you need to examine yourself and you need to confess your sin. Confess, confess, confess. <laughs> and you know what? The devil would love to come along and, and give you a long list of things, right? But we should be looking to the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit reveals things, that's when we should go and say, God, okay, you're dealing with this. Help me here. Give me the, have mercy upon me and give me the grace to overcome Because there's always going to be new things that we're dealing with. But we should let the Holy Spirit deal. And when He highlights something in our lives, He knows that we are ready now to deal with those things and get past those things. When we look at someone who's not quite there yet, we should encourage them to say, you know, God is going to be with you and help you in this situation. All right. Because, you know, a Pharisee will throw stones. All right? And we, we shouldn't be Pharisees. We should be Brothers and sisters in Christ, we should come and encourage and love on and have and show mercy and grace to all those. The other thing is, you know, we see the word of God as a sword of the Spirit. That sword is meant to set f- people free, not use it against them. Okay? When we see someone failing, we should come and love on them and encourage them. And not try to throw stones at them or use the word against them. We should learn, we should love them, and we should be very mindful of what the Holy Spirit's wanting us to say to them. Right? We can we can judge them and pass judgment upon them, throw stones at them and use the word against them, but we should be there to speak words of grace to them and help them so that they can learn and grow. So that they can learn the things you learn that because you got at some point you got past those things that they're dealing with. So you can look at them and say, you know, I've dealt with this myself, You know, but God has helped me through this. He's got me past this, and he's going to do the same thing for you. He loves you, and he will never give up on you. So don't give up on yourself. Continue to move and learn and grow, right? Don't use, don't throw stones, and don't use the word of God, the sword of the Spirit, against our brothers and sisters. Amen. Let's see, where was I? On C. Okay, thank you. So C, Christ lives in me, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit who raised Jesus from, from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. You have his supernatural power available to you to help crucify your flesh. First John 4. And four says, you are of God, little children, and overcame them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So no matter what come, comes against you, you've got the greater one that lives in you, and he can help you overcome. Maybe you might not be able to stand in your own on your own, but if you look to him, he will help you to stand. So trust in him. Walk by faith in those situations. Is Jesus big enough to get you free from your sins that you're struggling with? And the answer is yes, hallelujah, yes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Again, we have our brothers and sisters, and there's been lots of times when I've gone to God and said, God, I'm, I'm struggling with this, and I can't get past it. I'm so frustrated. And he has told me to go to my brothers and, and ask them to pray for me. And then God delivered me, right? And in that deliverance, he goes, now you're free. You are free also to go right back into the bondage. So don't do that. <laughs> Stay free. Stay free. You're delivered. Stay free. But you know, if we do, guess what? His mercy's there and his grace is there to help us get past that. But even that situation, we go back to him and say, God, I have this situation. Please help. And guess what? He'll tell you exactly what you need to do. And that is walking in faith, looking to Him. It's a relationship with a very loving Heavenly Father that's ready to teach and so that you can learn and grow. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> so the new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, This is something you this new creation is something that never existed before. You are brand new. Okay? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So A is repentance. Repentance is a change of mind. Turning from from something to something else. Okay? Repentance is always always turning from something and turning to something else. Okay? And in this case, we want to leave sin and turn to God and walk in righteousness. So Acts twenty 18, um, I'm just going to read this first part, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and the power of Satan to God. Okay? It's a turning away from. So another thing we need to understand is that when you came to Christ, you you've knelt at the cross and pledged allegiance to a new king. And that king is Jesus. So now you're in a new kingdom, and in that kingdom, you have rights and privileges that you didn't have before. And what we're learning now is what those privileges are. A lot of people want to say bad things about the United States, but then why is the rest of the world trying to get here? (laughs) Why? Because of the rights and the privileges we have and the way we're able to live here that's Not anywhere in the rest of the world, right? So we have, but you know what? There is rights and privileges in the kingdom of God, right, that we have. We need to learn what those are and enjoy them. If you don't know what they are, then you can't enjoy them. You can't ask for them. But because you've come into a new kingdom, a new country, you are no longer subject to the other kingdom and the laws that he imposes you are only subject to your new king and the laws that he imposes. So you have moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's a beautiful thing. And wow, what a kingdom it is. For getting at all his benefits. There's benefits for coming into this kingdom. And they're glorious and too numerous to mention. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, B is justification, a change of standing, being justified freely by his grace through through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. We were justified freely by his grace. And when we put our faith in what Jesus has done, we get to walk in in, in, um, in that justification. And it's a beautiful thing. C says, regeneration, a change of nature. Titus 3 and 5 says, not by works of righteousness, which I have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Our nature is no longer the sin nature, okay? We have a new nature, and that nature is is the righteousness of God in Christ. We need to look and understand that we have that in us, and that's who we really are, and then we need to act in that way, all right? So it's almost like if you have an eagle that somehow laid an egg in a chicken, coop and then it hatched with all the other chickens. Its learned behavior is to be to act like a chicken. But what it's actually meant to be, is to be the dominant force in the in the animal or the bird kingdom, you know? And so it's gonna you know, to, to know and to understand what it is, it's gonna have to relearn <laughs> from someone what it really is. So we have to stop acting like chickens, (laughs) and we need to be the eagles that God has made us to be. All right? The chickens have to scratch on the ground, right? They have to walk everywhere they go. The eagles can soar over the mountains and the valleys. God's called us to be eagles and not chickens. (laughs) the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We've been given a new nature. And so now we need to start acting to who we have been made to be, who we truly are in Christ. We have a new nature, but we still need to deal with the flesh. Our flesh is not a nature, our nature, okay? That is not who we are anymore, more. You've been called a chicken all your life. Well, Stop believing that and know and understand that you've been made and created into an eagle. Right? Amen? So conversion is D, a change of life. We will we notice a change in how we live our lives and others will notice too. You know, after I got saved, a lot of my friends like, what has happened to you? <laughs> my brother especially, because he knew me the, 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 the best, the most, right? He goes... You are not the same person. There should be a change. If you're born again, there should be a change in you. How you think, how you act, how you talk. You know, I was changed forever on that day when I was born again. And I'm still being changed. Hallelujah. (laughs) Still got a long ways to go, right? Because I'm being fashioned in the image of Christ. And so are you so uh e is an adoption a change of family and a boy i've talked about that a lot because it means a lot to me a whole lot galatians 4 5 through 7 says but when the fullness of time had come god sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons you know a lot of people you know said you know put adoption down but you know when someone is adopted as a son and daughter they have all the rights and privileges of any natural-born son or daughter. There's no difference, okay, in the law. So we have been adopted. So as Jesus was born of the Father, and everything that he has, guess what? We get to have also as sons and daughters of God. It blows me away that God would love us so much to adopt us and make us his sons and daughters. That's just absolutely Amazing. So F is sanctification, a change of expression, okay? We should have the fruit of the Spirit if the Spirit truly dwells in us. This is a process as the life of the Spirit bears fruit in your life. Love, joy, peace, the goodness, kindness, gentleness, all these things that we want to be evident in our lives, it actually comes from abiding in the Holy Spirit, abiding in Christ. It is a fruit of that, not something that you can muster up, okay? It's almost like, you know, a lot of Christians, they want to put this uh, fake fruit out for people to look at. Look how good I am. Look how righteous I am. Look what I did for Jesus. Look at what I did. Look at it, you know? But, you know, you bite into it, and it's like, ah. <laughs> there's no life there. It can't give life. But those who are really, truly following after the Spirit, abiding in the Spirit, looking after Him, they grow fruit that people can look at, pull from you, your life, and enjoy and receive life. Does that make sense? Right? The true fruit of the Spirit comes from abiding in Him. And it's not something that you can make. It's something that, that grows out of, of Him, our relationship with Him, with God. G says, glorification, a change of place. Where are we now? In the Spirit, where are we? We're seated with Christ. Boy, then, this is really hard for me to see and to understand, is that spiritually, in every way, we're seated with Christ. We're ruling and reigning with him. He has seated us in him in heavenly places far above, not just, just above, but far above principalities, powers, mights, and dominions every name that is named. So it doesn't matter what is, comes against you. You're above it. And you have authority over it. Anything the enemy tries to put on you, whether it's cancer or sickness or, or poverty or you know lack or defeat or any of those things, he has seated you with him far above those things. But do we see it? Do we understand that? And do we, in Jesus' name, take that authority and use it? So no matter what, the devil has thrown our way or try to put on us. No, I don't think so. No, I'm not taking that, and I don't have to. So you get where you're supposed to be, which is underneath my feet. You can say, I thank you, Father, that under my feet, is the devil and all of his, this world and everything in it. Sin, sickness, and disease, they're all underneath my feet. I thank you that only with my eyes will I know them. I mean, you know, Sorry, only with my feet shall I know them as I trample on them all the days of my life. Why? Because Jesus, and what you've done. Not because I earned that place, but you have put me in you. So number four says, Christ's work for us. I will deliver you, and this is something we read already. Um, these are uh, things that, uh, that happen that Paul was told to do for the, for the Gentiles, the teach. Revelation, our eyes are opened to God. We are re, uh, redemption, we are purchased unto God. Colossians 1 and 13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Oh, and praise God. Man, now we get to enjoy everything that Jesus bought and paid for. We have a king that loves us and deserves our adoration and for us to follow him look what he's done for us if anyone f- deserves our for us to be to follow after him with everything that we are he deserves it because all that he's done for us what king would do what Jesus did for for his people there's no not one they're all for themselves but my gosh Jesus Look what all He's done for us, and He did it because He loved us. So we were reconciled, we were reunited, re, reunited with God. And then restoration: we are now repositioned in God. He raised us together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Jesus Christ, you have the same authority as Jesus did when He walked on this earth. It's yours, all right. It's not something that came to you because you earned it. It came to you because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, and He has given it to you. And as he told the disciples, freely I've given you, freely give. So when you go out and someone has whatever need it is, as Jesus was here on the earth, so are you now. You have that same authority, that same power, the same spirit that is at work in Jesus Christ. And so you can say, what do you need? Oh, you need healing. Be healed in Jesus' name with the same authority and power, okay? And that, as Jesus would say that, you are, that's the same power that you have now in you and working in you. That's the position that you have in this world and in Christ. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus.